0: It's time for episode 236 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 11th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where the gears are always turning. I'm your co-host, Dan Moran, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How you doing?
1: Good morning, Dan. I am just great. Slash afternoon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'll Hello? Fix, fix it all in post. It's there good. we go. Can you fix time in post? I can. I don't like to abuse it, though yeah that's good this is of
0: course the technology podcast where we talk about four tech topics with two wonderful guests to my left uh, a man of many talents a writer a photographer jeff carlson hi jeff how are you doing i'm doing very well how are you i'm doing very well thank you thank you for having me
1: on and to my left is social and photography editor it's chella lao rousseau hello chella
2: hi thanks for having me so glad to have you here yeah it's awesome
1: <laughs> being the lead host today i will kick things
0: off rumor has it a modern redesign to gmail is in the works uh my question for you is you know whether or not you're a gmail user what is your email setup like uh are you a webmail user do you use mail clients do you use third-party mail clients etc etc how do you deal with your
3: email jeff yes um i do use gmail um actually i use gmail as sort of a a, a first line of, of defense all my email goes to gmail first And then it gets uh, forwarded on, just basically to uh, have a backup of my email and also to, um, you know, filter out spam. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers spam, uh, if that. that... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in terms of like how I I actually access it, um, I'm still using the Mail app on on uh, Mac, which I think people uh, makes some people cringe, but it works for me. I don't need anything super duper complicated.
1: I think Jeff must have heard my audible cringe. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I don't find it to be that bad. But I yeah, I mean, I have a, a Gmail account as one of my main email addresses. The other one is an iCloud account at me.com. Um, but regardless of what email address people are sending mail to, most of the time I'm going to see it in the AirMail client. I use AirMail on macOS and on iOS. I quite dig it. Um it it is it could be a little buggy at times in certain ways, but because of the way that it is tied into so many different services and integrations it makes it super easy. Uh most of the time I'm just using it to kick out a uh a a, a order confirmation from Amazon to my deliveries app so that I can keep track of when the next stupid box is going to be delivered. Uh, but other than that, it helps me quickly set up appointments and things like that in my calendar. And if I need to send a quick message or or export a PDF for a press release into Slack or something like that, I can do that as well. So airmail is how I interface with any of the email things. And I don't think that a, a Gmail redesign is going to change that for me. What do you think, Chella?
2: Uh, I just use kind of like a standard Gmail. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not really like, I don't really have an opinion on it, to be honest. I Like, I did try to use the mail app. I did kind of cringe a little bit, too, just like Micah. Sorry, I, sorry. I, it's, no, it's okay. I've tried so hard. I've given it so many chances. It's just never really worked for me. So, like, I don't know. I, I do like my Gmail. I feel like email for me is just kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say secondary because that's not right. But, like... I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to a redesign. I'm, you know, nothing bothers me. I, you know, as long as it's not as bad as like a Snapchat redesign, I'm okay with. I'm okay with
0: it. So. <laughs> it's making me wonder if there's like a generational thing going on here because, like Jeff, I use the Mail app on iOS and on the Mac. Um, you know what? I've never really used Gmail. Um, I have mm. an account uh, and usually what happens is people accidentally send mail for me there and I only check it about once a month or whenever it occurs to me I should check my gmail and every once in a while I find things in there there are like you know emails from like my family a month ago that they're like oh why did you never respond to this I never got it um (laughs) I have just for whatever reason I never really liked the gmail web interface and even though it was all the uh the rage when it sort of came out I've I've always been a third-party client person and and I've had a a mac.com address since the days of tools, so uh that's kind of always been my default there i do have a couple other like third-party mail servers i use for for other things but yeah gmail is just basically there because i'm sitting on my my preferred username <laughs> i don't want anybody to take it <laughs> but i do get a lot of email there for other people too who assume that my address is their address which, so mm. a lot of requests mm. to bring my acura in for servicing <laughs> 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 uh thanks for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic which comes from jeff
3: so um, this little company called Facebook has been in the news recently, um, and uh, in addition to you know all of the the, the, the security, um, there's been sort of a, a tide of people saying that's it, I'm done with Facebook, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to cancel, I'm going to get off of it, uh, which is probably not as easy. As everybody thinks. But uh, my question is, um, there are alternatives out there, even though Facebook is so huge. So do you use or have you dabbled with alternative platforms uh, to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, I don't know, eWorld? Or is it just impossible to escape these big companies' orbits?
1: Hmm. So I think one of the main things about social media is the necessity for other people to be where you are for social media to work. If you are shouting into a void that is genuinely a void, then it's not quite social media. Um, And so in that sense, it does become difficult to escape large companies' orbits because typically those large companies also have lots and lots and lots of users, and therefore it adds to the experience of social media. Uh, There's a big difference between sending out a tweet and, you know, not getting any sort of response to it versus being able to hear everyone's opinions and and thoughts on whatever it is that you're talking about, or even just a, a like or a retweet or something like that. It feels good um and i've tried other smaller services and social media platforms like i think i still have a mastodon account and i still have a elo account and
2: ah uh, me too
1: <laughs> right Yep. they're all still out there but there's clearly a reason that i never went back to them uh after a period of time and even like the, there was an app called peach that was a lot of fun uh, but I don't use it anymore either, because everyone sort of left and stopped using it and went back to the things that people stick to. So um, I think in the end, it is difficult to, to escape these orbits if you want to use social media for socializing. But maybe, maybe there will one day be something that attracts enough people that uh, we can all bounce to that. What are your thoughts, Jella?
2: Um, I kind of, well, I agree. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like I did jump on LO. I jumped on like Vero and all this. And I, and I, you know, there's all these different kind of, I guess, platforms that pop up every once in a while that have their promises. And like, I, as much as I, and I, my question beforehand, before I like changed it was like, uh, would you delete Facebook? And like, I, I feel like even despite everything that's happening, um, you know even the fact that it's facebook owns instagram and whatnot too correct mm-hmm. so it's it's like you you can't really escape it so it's just like i for me, it's, I've kind of accepted. It's like, okay, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just always going to be a part of social media. People are always going to be like taking my information, you know, this, like, it's always going to be kind of an issue. So like, for me, it's just like, I'm a part of it, whatever. And then these little ones that kind of falter by the wayside, it's like, okay, I tried, but nothing has ever like kind of compared to Facebook. And I think like, for my age, a lot of people would argue like, oh, MySpace was, you know, was kind of the first one that did something like this. And, you know, MySpace was that giant network before Facebook was the network. Um. So I I think just these like giant grasps or these giant like overwhelming social media platforms have always been there, and then you have these little ones try and pop up, and they kind of fall fall by the wayside. But yeah, I don't know. I I I think it's kind of impossible to kind of <laughs> to get out of these these orbits. If one pop, if one dies, another one pops up. It's like a hydra, right? You like cut off one head, and like, <laughs> three appear where that one head cut off. So it's like that's kind of how I feel about social media. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. My Orcut profile is doing fantastically these days.
3: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so well, I'm not a big Facebook user in the first place, but I, I think this this comes up frequently in in regards to Twitter as well, because obviously Twitter is an incredibly Popular platform, and with that popularity comes a lot of problems. Um, they're not all the same as Facebook, uh, but they, you know, Twitter's got its own spin on that. But there's uh, there are plenty of controversy to go around for sure. And people talk about abandoning Twitter every once in a while, and the question is kind of like, where do you go, right? Like, and and that's I think, Mikey, you hit the nail on the head with the with the point that like you want <laughs> to 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 plagiarize a line from a classic sitcom theme song, you want to go where everybody knows your name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you show up on a new service and there's nobody there that you want to talk to, like, we've all, we've all done that where we've, like, gone out to a bar and looked around and been like, oh, God, I don't want to talk to any of these people. Um, <laughs> you know, so why, why go in the first place, I guess, is the argument in that place. So I, I applaud the efforts of a lot of these platforms, and I think they may achieve limited degrees of success. I used app.net for a while, uh, several years ago when that was a sort of uh, rising as a challenger to Twitter, but it ultimately proved unsustainable. Um, and, and that was a problem. I've tried Mastodon a little bit, but mostly I don't jump on the new ones that much because I think I just have an innate skepticism when it comes to social networks. And if it eventually gets big enough that that's where people are, then I'll go there. But I, I'm not necessarily going to spend the time to invest in a platform that may be just a dead end.
3: Yeah, all of that. Um it's it's interesting because uh, the the sustainability is is the big thing right um because you have these new new services coming up and they're saying you know um we're not going to sell your data and we will probably have some sort of a model where you pay us and then people you know people think that that's a great idea until suddenly they're like oh i don't know if i want to spend 10 dollars a month just to chat with people um even though They do. Um, Part of the reason I thought of this question, um, not just because Facebook is in the news, but um, uh, the the, uh, social network called Vero. Um, was a big deal uh, very recently for photographers especially because it was like mm-hmm. this this great um sort of new instagram and the appeal to that was um was basically like to have a land grab so that you you make your mark and you get a lot of followers and then that can build to influence and and seeing a lot of of the things that uh people on instagram are doing now where uh you know you can have a few hundred thousand followers on Instagram and companies will just pay you money to look good with their product. And, Mm. you know, like that kind of sounds like a great idea (laughs) in terms (laughs) of being able to make some money. That sounds good. However, um, a a lot of the people who are really successful at it, they're the ones who were on Instagram from the beginning. And so it's a lot of diminishing returns unless you... You know, for some reason, become super popular, famous, et cetera, or infamous. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't think it's it's possible to escape the big company's orbits because um, you know, like all all my family is on Facebook, and I legitimately enjoy being able to catch up with them and interact with, you know uh, family members who are not local that way. And then you just sort of scroll past the ads and the betrayal and all of that and hope that there's enough of a balance to make it worthwhile. But I will say that uh, I spend far less time uh, in the Facebook app. I turned off notifications and all of that. So that helps, but it's it's still an ongoing issue.
0: All right. Well, that is two topics down, two topics to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Booz Allen. Tell me if this sounds like you. You're more than just interested in digital technology. You're passionate about it. And you want to use your talents for a challenge you believe in like moving business forward, advancing healthcare, and protecting those most vulnerable. You're all about solving problems. The more complex, the better. You think for yourself, but you know the best ideas happen when everyone has a seat at the table. Sound like you? Then you have a future at Booz Allen. Join a forward-looking team backed by a century of experience and fueled by collaboration. Booz Allen is looking for experts like digital technologists, cloud solution architects, and digital solutions developers to help make the world more connected, agile, efficient, and safe. Discover why Booz Allen says empower change with us. Visit BoozAllen.com slash clockwise. We'd like to thank Booz Allen for their support of this show. All right, halftime's
1: over. Micah, what do you got for us? Excellent work. Rolling right through that, Dan. You're incredible. <laughs> uh, Uber <laughs> is expanding its offerings, so they're going to be working on bikes, city transportation, car sharing. Uh, right now, the the city that they're working on it with, they already have bikes there. But I could very easily imagine a future where Uber you know, buys its own bikes and offers it within the app. I'm curious, do you use Uber? And would an Uber bike service be of interest to you? Shella, we'll start with you.
2: Oh, God. I. You know what? This is such a sad, sad topic for me as a Canadian (laughs) because... In uh-huh. Winnipeg specifically where I am, they have constantly not allowed Uber and so I we don't have Uber where I am and uh it, it sucks. We still have to take cabs everywhere. So um I would love to have anything Uber in my city would be amazing. <laughs> um, so my answer to yes, bikes, yes, cars, yes, anything at this point, because I was just in California, and I absolutely adore Uber, and it just makes me so sad that we don't have it here in Winnipeg. And yes, just yes to anything Uber, please. If if anyone from Winnipeg, the taxi council or whatever is listening, please just let us have Uber.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> I am not a big Uber user specifically, but I do use Lyft from time to time. Um, we have a bike share service here in um, in Boston, um, Hubway, um, which I've used a couple times, but it's it can be a little cumbersome at times, and there are some things like, you know, you want to have a helmet, and then you need to carry a helmet with you. If I commuted, obviously, I think this would be more of an interesting idea for me. Uh we also have 3 bikes in my apartment and there's only 2 people here and none of them mm. belong to me. So <laughs> there's a lot of, we are You need have to stop bikes. stealing bikes. Then. I need to stop <laughs> stealing bikes. Uh that movie The Bicycle Thief is about me. Um Oh, oh okay. classic. <laughs> so for me, I don't know that I, I am necessarily whole hog about Uber in this case, if only because Uber's reputation obviously precedes them. Uh, I don't really particularly like them as a company. And I worry about the, you know, in cities that do have public transportation infrastructure, which is, uh, you know, challenged by these kinds of things. I, I worry that Uber will draw too much funding and attention from public transit, which is, I think, more beneficial in the long run. Um. so I, I'm glad that they're getting to bikes if only because the 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 environmental impact I do think you know it's nice to have that as an option but I don't think it's
3: necessarily going to change my mind on them as a company mm, that's a good point Um, here in Seattle uh, I'm happy to say we have a lot of different options Um, I, I don't use Uber uh, partially because they've shown themselves to not be a very good company um, I'm happy to reconsider now that they've gotten a brand new CEO and all that but um uh I really don't need to because I use Lyft. Um and it, like Dan I don't really have a commute but um I've used Lyft enough that that I I like the convenience of it. Um it's it's worth the cost every once in a while. Um and then in Seattle we also have um a whole like round of um uh, bike sharing that's just started this year. Which uh um the, the there was bike sharing here before that just went nowhere because you had to like go to specific spots. And now uh, these companies are doing free floating bike sharing. Uh so it's sort of like car to go. And there are literally bikes on sidewalks everywhere. And in fact people um do creative things with them. They put them up in trees and um you use an app to unlock the bike and then you can uh pedal it anywhere you want and just leave it where you go which is a lot more convenient than having to go to specific bike stations i haven't used any of them yet um because i'm profoundly lazy uh but there's also lift <laughs> um so and and it seems as if it's been uh pretty successful so far it, it's only started at the beginning of this year um but uh you know i agree the more sort of non-car options that we have, the better. And for some people, uh, you know, biking or going short distances, uh, it's it's a great way to go.
1: Excellent answers all around. Uh, I don't have much to add. I think I agree about Uber being sort of a you know, crumbly company, a mm-hmm. crummy company. Um, <laughs> the, the idea of, of opening up other transportation options and maybe even making people more aware of transportation, because this, this story is, is more about Uber sort of partnering with cities and showing in one app, what all transportation options are available. I quite like that idea. Um, my partner does some lift driving in his free time and, um, he certainly enjoys being able to do the lift thing, but in a, in a place like St. Louis, um, it makes sense to also show other options that are available and things like biking and, and uh, bus transportation. So I am, am happy. I think that, that these companies are looking at the other offerings and expanding things outside of just those big old vehicles. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our last topic, which comes from Cella.
2: Hey, so uh, this is kind of going based off Jeff's topic, I guess, uh, just kind of, is it impossible to escape these companies? But I just, I was c- going to say, is, do you think there's ever going to be a social media platform uh, that we're going to be able to 100% trust? Just after all the stuff that happened with, you know, Facebook, and then this Vero thing, how there were, you know, these rumors of people, you know, saying that there were Russian developers and this and that, and, and all of this with the whole Vero news that came out. Um, I was thinking, like, is there ever going to be a social social media platform, and and even going back, I think of Micah, do you remember that May Two app?
1: Oh my that, lord! Like, yes,
2: that photo editing app, which was like so pure and innocent, but it ended up like taking a but. I f- I think it was like trying to mine data and all this stuff. Like it was really crazy. So it's like, do you think there ever will be a social media platform that I guess is kind of like Vero, where you know it's it's not you know it's in chronological order, you know, there's no ads, this and that, or do you think that something like this is always going to be nefarious?
0: okay well let's back it yeah, I can back it up a step from that is there a is there a company that you trust a hundred percent I'm not sure there is I, um no i i there are companies I trust more than other companies uh but certainly there are there's no corporation that I trust one hundred percent to have my best interest at heart because they're corporations and their job is to make money. Uh, and they're going to do that one way or another, right? Uh, it may just be that they sell you expensive things, um, you know, or it may be that they, they have some other uh, trade-off there. And I think that's what it all comes down to. It comes down to trade-offs and it comes down to being well-informed about those trade-offs. Do I think there's room for a social network that is upfront about how it's going to make money uh, and, you know, lets people decide for themselves? I think it's possible. Um, I think it's a it's a tough sell for the other side of the equation, which is the investors who presumably are giving money to these companies to start them up, right? Because again, we're talking about for profit co- uh, corporations. So mm-hmm. I, I think there are trade offs, and I think there is allowable risk and and things as long as you can decide for yourself what information you're sharing or how you are somehow um, you know uh, how you are contributing to the bottom line of that company. That's fine in the same way that we make these decisions all the time based on, am I going to buy this product from this company? Is it worth the money that I'm paying for it? Uh, So in that sense, I think that there's nothing new about this equation. It's just a matter of rejiggering the variables a little bit and reconsidering.
2: For sure.
3: I think that, yes, I would say that that, that there there can be a social media platform that you can 100% be able to trust. However, there will only be five users, and no one will, uh, no one will know about it. Um, the problem is is that you know uh, scaling this sort of thing uh, adds so much complexity um that that you know you run the risk of um as Dan said, you know dealing with corporations and corporations have um you know lots of different competing goals, whether they're trying to please shareholders or please users or um you know their their venture capitalists. Um, And so that's definitely a difficult uh, a a difficult path. Um, I also wonder if, you know, um, will we get to a point where the existing social media platforms um, can will we be able to trust them more? You know, if Facebook gets massively regulated and uh, twitter gets massively regulated, like will that help? Or Mm -hmm. Are we just still stuck with the same problem of in order to uh, make their businesses work, it really relies on um, using people's data and 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 selling it to advertisers. And I think it's it's that model that makes things very difficult. And I don't know if that's really going to change.
1: So uh, I, everybody's got some very good points here, uh, mostly uh, specifically talking about there being five users on a platform that you can absolutely trust. I think that there's <laughs> a lot to that because I think that a, a social media network that you can trust is maybe one that you've built yourself. Um, <laughs> but but alternatively, it is one that... I don't know.
0: Have you seen me costs... program, Micah?
1: I program pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you can't. That's true. Maybe you can't trust what you built yourself. But one that you pay like a monthly subscription for um okay. anytime you add you add barriers to entry it's just like it's just the plain fact that you're going to decrease the amount of people who are going to sign up for the platform and by doing that you're also decreasing value because again we're talking about social media networks so there like it's 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 no wonder that these options are available for free and when it comes time to try to find out how to make money then that's where things get a little icky. Uh, but in terms of the regulations, um, I transcribed the uh, hearing yesterday, so I got I got very familiar and uh, very cozy with what was going on. Um, and there were some interesting points and, and and suggestions being made that I do think will make us be able to not trust these companies more, but trust that we can pull things Mm -hmm. away from them when we want to. Uh, There are lots of good recommendations being put forth that suggest that we know exactly what data is being shared, we know exactly who it's going to, how it's being used, and the ability to pull our data away from these companies fully and completely should we choose. So I think that this is a good possibility for us to go forward with a little bit more comfort in in sharing our data, knowing that if we do give it up, then we get something in return. But at any moment, if we want to quit being on that service, our data is actually going to go away and we can trust that. Any last Hmm. thoughts on that, Chella?
2: No, that's uh, actually, this is all very interesting. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. That's what we're here to do. We're, we're here to solve problems. We're starting right a new social media on. network. It's called Clockwise. Yeah, we get it'll 30 just be minutes the four of of Yeah, <laughs> just the four of us. That's
0: right. Well, uh, we have, that's our fourth topic. So we have just enough time for a bonus topic. Today's bonus topic is brought to you by our very good friends at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just $5 a month. And you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, call them, chat over IRC, or even use the Clockwise Social Network. They know how important it is to get the help you want. And they also have a suite of amazing guides and support documentation to give you reference when you need it. Linode's intuitive control panel will allow you to deploy, boot, resize, snapshot, and clone your virtual servers in just a few clicks. And they feature two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe. So, as I mentioned up top, Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plan started one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high-memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any (coughs) Linode plan on the one gigabyte of RAM plan. That's four free months. And with a seven day money back guarantee, there is absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code clockwise 2018 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. All right, team bonus topic for you here today are you a napper
3: do you take naps jeff i am absolutely a napper however i don't often have the opportunity to be uh to take naps so um yes and i wish i could take more
1: (laughs) (laughs) i am an aspiring napper because the problem (sighs) the problem is i nap and then it's 12 hours later i cannot i cannot pull off that's, that's called sleeping Yes, that's yes. I I aspire to be able to nap because every nap turns into a sleep, uh, which is now a singular noun. So, yes, that's I I can't, I can't, I can't nap.
2: (laughs) Um, I, I love napping. If I feel like a cat, I feel like if you just like put me in a slightly warm area, I'll just fall asleep. (laughs) Um, so like I've, I've fallen asleep in some pretty weird places, but like, yeah, I, I adore napping. 10 out of 10, would recommend napping.
0: I you know, I'm also one of those people who would like to nap more. I'm not great at taking naps. Um sometimes I just oversleep a little bit. Not quite twelve hours, Micah, and feel groggy <laughs> afterwards. Um but when I I've gotten a couple good ones in every once in a while and man, it does it does refresh you. So
3: i I, I maybe I'm also an aspiring napper, Micah. <laughs> s- All right. Surprisingly s- surprisingly if I can jump in, there's a thing called a coffee nap uh that actually works. If you drink coffee and then take a nap, uh for like a oh, fifteen I've heard about minute nap. This. Because uh, it doesn't when, kick in until after the 15 minutes, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I have done that, and it does work. In that sense, what? I am, yeah, I can, th- those are very real, and those actually do work, and they keep me from being the 12 hour napper, which in other terms is just a sleeper.
0: <laughs> That's the end of the show. All that remains is for us to thank our wonderful guest, Jeff Carlson. Thank you so much for being here.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And Chella Lau Rousseau, thank you so much for being here.
2: Aw, oh, thanks for having me, guys.
0: And Micah, don't fall asleep. Don't take a nap. It's too soon. There's still too much time left in the day. To our listeners out there, we remind you, until next time, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.